You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with Brian Hoke, our MLB.com Yankees reporter. And, Brian, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Tim. All right, 2018 has the uh, every reason for Yankees fans to believe could be a very promising season for this team, obviously. And eights, I believe, in the history of the Yankees are pretty good as far as championships go, so they'll try to add to that in 2018. We'll look ahead a little bit on this podcast to that with some key questions facing this organization. But first, uh, to more newsworthy stuff and Manny Machado rumors continue to swirl around, even if they don't really make any sense on on either side. Um, But the Orioles seem still willing to trade him, although they don't seem like they've been impressed by anyone's offers. Um, But the thing that stands out the most to me, Brian, is that the two of the teams you hear the most about are the Yankees and the Red Sox, two teams in the American League East that you would think that the Orioles would have no want to trade him there. Um, but but you've written a story now just today about the Yankees still being interested in Manny Machado. I, I think you have to be when a player of that caliber is on the open market and there's even a possibility that they might be moved. But like you said, Tim, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I don't personally see the Yankees wanting to give up two or three legitimate prospects to trade for a guy who they could just sign next offseason. But I, I suppose it's possible. You know, if you ask me, Two months ago, were the Yankees going to get Giancarlo Stanton? I probably would have said no. And so here it is. I think that what the Yankees are doing, what the Red Sox are doing, everybody's doing is kicking the tires on that. But I do think it would take a lot of convincing for Peter Angelos to trade Machado within the American League East to have to look at him 19 times in a Yankees or Red Sox uniform. Uh, but the Yankees are one of the few teams who has the, the, the farm system who could get a deal like that done. Uh, what we've heard is that Baltimore would want a pair of young, cost-controllable starting pitchers, people who they would have for years to come. Uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery comes to my mind as one guy who could do that, Justice Sheffield, Chance Adams. Those are all guys in the Yankee farm system who fit the bill, but uh, I, I'm still not convinced that the Yankees are – especially willing to give those guys up, send them to Baltimore, because then they have to look at them for the next five, six years in an Orioles uniform. Uh, I I think that the more likely outcome is Machado is the opening day third baseman for the Orioles, and then at this time next offseason we're talking a whole lot about the Yankees and the Red Sox and everybody else chasing him and and knocking on Machado's door and offering him untold amounts of money. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. It'll be interesting, too, if the Orioles fade out of things during the season come the trade deadline when teams will maybe have some more urgency to make a deal and the Orioles maybe won't be asking for as much in return. Maybe something even happens then. But, yeah, it doesn't make much sense to deal away prospects when you can just wait it out. But imagine an offseason in which the Yankees were able to acquire Machado and Stanton. That would be something, but still not likely. All right, you have another story on Yankees.com about Gleyber Torres, and the story is more about the fact, I think, Brian, that this guy was so close to making it up to the big leagues before Tommy John surgery, and obviously he's been out for a while now, and maybe he's faded from people's minds, but he's going to be just as close once he's healthy come this spring. He should be, and While he's coming off Tommy John surgery, it was to his non-throwing shoulder, so the Yankees don't really believe it's going to set him back. Uh, He actually said that he wanted to play winter ball. He wanted to. He asked the Yankees. They said, no way, hold on. Uh, 
We want to make sure you're 100% for spring training. And I think part of that is because of the opportunities ahead of him. Uh, you know, with, with a guy a ceiling like Glaber Torres has, he's 21 years old. He's knocking on the door of the big leagues. Uh, as you mentioned, he probably would have got some time in the big leagues last year. Brian Cashman said that in the story that I posted. Uh, if he had not injured his elbow in a June game in Buffalo, sliding into home plate, you probably would have seen him in the big leagues last year. And it may have prevented the Yankees from trading for Tom Frazier. We may have never had the thumbs down and all that stuff going on because Glaber Torres could have come up and handled third base. And So I, I think that uh, you always wonder how that would have gone, but I think Glaber Torres, his future, his ceiling is all intact. It's very high. Uh, this is a, a very exciting talent, and uh, it's really not a question of if we're going to see him in Yankee Stadium. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, uh, he can kind of do it all. It'll be something to see him added to this young core that the Yankees have put together. All right, on to the five questions. Another story you have up about things facing this organization throughout 2018. I'm not looking for answers here, Brian, since that's the whole point of the story is these these questions have yet to be answered. But let's get into the questions and how important they are. Number one, right what we were just talking about, Glyber is obviously almost ready, and there are questions at second and third base. Who else is in that discussion, though? If it's not Glyber Torres to take over those roles, who are the other guys that, that the Yankees are going to be looking to in the spring? Well, we can go back to Manny Machado. Is he on the <laughs> roster yet? Uh, <laughs> I, I think that as currently constituted, you'd be looking at Miguel Andujar at third base, Torres at second base, and then you'd have other guys like Ronald Torres, Tyler Wade, Cyro Estrada. Those guys are all in the mix as well. Tyler Wade's a guy that the organization is very high on. Uh, I know he didn't hit a whole lot in the big leagues last year. Uh, they really see him as a Ben Zobris type, and, and I think that's a perfect fit for what you have. Ronald Torres has already done it at the big league level. He filled in terrific for D.D. Gregorius last April when he missed most of the month. Uh, you got a guy who can play short, second, and third. Um, I, I think that they could patch from within with what they have. Andujar, the bat, can play. They think defense is going to play at third base. Uh, so they definitely have legitimate options on the inside, but you're also continuing to hear discussion that the Yankees have touched base with the Pirates for Josh Harrison. Uh, there's a few other names out there that they've touched base on, and I, I, I'd be surprised if the Yankees didn't try to add a, a veteran uh, who could fill in if they went with two rookies there. But uh, we'll see what happens. I think that they do have legitimate choices, especially with Torres at second base and Andrew Hart at third. Staying in the infield, another question is, can Greg Bird stay on the field? Obviously missed so much of 2017, but when he was on the field, he obviously was effective. They like to think of him as the first baseman of the future. When injured, if injured, who would be the other names that would fit into first base? Well, you've got Tyler Austin, who he's seen a little bit at the big league level. He could play some first base. Uh, I think that they've got some depth there a little bit um but i really think that they're banking so heavily on bird playing a full season and uh you know he came up at the end of 2015 you saw it he had 11 home runs late in the year missed all of 2016 missed most of 2017 but you saw in the postseason why they were so adamant on banking on him I, this is a guy with a legit left-handed stroke it's perfect for yankee stadium um i know he obviously has to stay on the field and uh, until he proves he can do that, uh, I guess there will be a question there. But the reason you're not seeing the Yankees linked to somebody like an Eric Hosmer is because they believe so steadily that 
Greg Bird is their guy, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they picked somebody up. You remember last year, uh, they were already in spring training when Chris Carter kind of fell into their laps, and, and they brought him in, and he wound up getting a lot of at-bats at first base, but they really want Greg Bird to be that guy, and I think they're going to give him every opportunity. All right, the next question, how will Stanton and Judge coexist? And I guess part of that, right, is is where will they play and how will they rotate? And your best guess, um, you know, how much is the DH spot going to be a factor versus right field versus maybe left field and, and how these guys all fit into things? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And even Aaron Boone asked the Yankees what Judge might look like in center field if he had to put him out there. You remember Judge was drafted as a center fielder out of Fresno State. So I don't think that they're – anxious to do that i don't think they're looking to do that very much but uh there's definitely going to be a rotation there i, I think that you're going to see a lot of judge in right field uh stand the dh I, I would expect that judge plays more than 50 percent of the games in right field and stanton plays more than 50 percent of the games at dh but that's really up to aaron boone at this point i, I think that that remains unsettled uh brett gardner is going to be your starting left fielder he's going to play the majority of the time out there uh, Aaron Hicks has got center field pretty much locked down, although Jacoby Ellsbury is going to try to challenge him for it. So I, I think that they're going to try and rotate them as much as they can. But there were so many times last year, and I was I remember watching Judge early in the year and thinking, man, maybe this guy should just be a DH because he he's flipping over the right field wall at Fenway Park. He's slamming into the outfield wall. He, I mean, this guy plays the game 100% all the time. And, and just to kind of keep that bat in the lineup, I think that, time at DH would be valuable for him. I know that that's not what Aaron wants. Aaron wants to be on the field nine innings every game, but uh, just to preserve that bat because it's so valuable to the lineup when he's right. Um, you remember that, that shoulder injury he had, that probably stemmed from April when he slipped in the, the seats of Fenway on his birthday and, and kind of nagged him the whole year. So if you can avoid something like that, I, I don't see why Aaron Boone would not want to do that. All right, another question is, is Aaron Boone ready for this? And I think a lot of that has been answered as far as we know he can deal with the media. We know he can probably get along in a clubhouse very well. Is it kind of down at this point to just the X's and O's and how he handles a game? I think that what he, he's going to have the challenge starting when the team is down there in spring training because I, I think that the, the media part of this he has no problem with. I think that uh, interacting with the players in the clubhouse, he's not going to have any issue there. He, he knows what that was like. He did it as a player. He was very good at it as a player, a uh, good teammate, good good presence around the clubhouse. I, I think that it, what it's going to be is the in-game stuff, and there will be things that comes up and, and that he has not seen before in the dugout. I think that the speed of the game uh, will definitely take an adjustment for him and that's why he surrounded himself with a coaching staff that he can trust uh you know the yankees have talked about larry rothschild almost being like a second manager he obviously managed in tampa bay a few years back um they have experience with that i think that's going to come in valuable for uh for aaron and i i think that the x's and o's as you said that's where it's going to come down to for him because he's got good players he should be a good manager because of that I just think that there's going to be a few curveballs that come along the way, and he acknowledges that. He said that there's going to be a time where he brings up the wrong pinch hitter or brings in the wrong pitcher, and he's going to get roasted for it on talk radio, and and that's just part of what managing in New York is all about. But I think that having played that half season in in Yankee Stadium in 2003, uh, that's going to come invaluable for him because he knows what what it's going to sound like. He knows what the volume is. It's amplified in New York. Everything – Everything really 
ramps up a little bit compared to, say, Cincinnati, where he played most of his career. So he gets it. I think he is going to be ready for it, and he's certainly had enough time now to to get everything in the line. But it's going to be different that first spring going through it. I think that uh, it's definitely going to be a learning process, and he'll be learning on the job. All right, and finally, can they handle the expectations? Obviously, still a lot of young players. In 2017, the expectations were low, and they blew them out of the water and obviously reached the postseason and got within a game of the World Series. But now that suddenly becomes the expectations. How long into the season will it take before that question can be answered, do you think? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. I, I think that they can handle it. I think that this is a team that, Thinking back to last year, a lot of people were saying they were going to win 80, 81, 82 games and, and finish fourth or fifth in the American League East, and they were not giving them a whole lot of a chance. It was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Uh, they never believed that, and you heard that in the Yankee clubhouse. They, people kind of just disregarded that and said, well, you know, we'll see what happens, but I don't think that's – I think we're better than people are giving us credit for, and, and that's what they proved on the field. So now you're coming off 91 wins. You were one win away from going to the World Series, and expectations are sky high you just brought in the reigning National League MVP I think that they are very legitimately going to be considered contenders and and I think that if they don't go to the World Series it might be a disappointment for a lot of people so I think that you're gonna want to get off to a hot start and answer some of those questions you know if they come out of the gate and lose 20 out of 25 that's going to be a tough hole to dig out of Um, they always say that you can't win a pennant in April, but you certainly can lose one. So that's what the Yankees need to avoid. Uh, I think that uh, spring training is going to be a proving ground for them. Uh, they are going to focus, especially for Stanton in camp now, and Judge coming off his Rookie of the Year campaign. You've got Gary Sanchez, Severino, all these young guys, Greg Bird in camp. There's going to be a lot of attention. I think there's going to be standing room only at Steinbrenner Field this spring. So uh, when the bell rings and they're up in Toronto for opening day, I think they are going to be ready for it, and I think that uh, the challenge is going to be for Aaron Boone to deflect some of that stuff and, and really keep the focus on the players and, and uh, you know, make sure these guys do what they're supposed to do between the white lines because if they live up to expectations, they're going to have a really good season. There you have it, the five questions that everybody is going to be looking for the answers to throughout 2018. It's a season and a, and a year that has a plenty of promise for these New York Yankees. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Yankees edition. For Brian Hoke, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. 